You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle, and we're here once again talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I need to understand. You understand. Every black man does. Whether you want to deny it or not. Don't do that bitter old man thing with me. If you ain't bitter, you're blind. I don't get it, okay? What went wrong? I used to be like you until I opened my eyes, until I saw men in the red tails, the famous 332 fight for this country, only to come home to find crosses burned on their lawn. I'm from the South, I get that. But you were a super soldier like Steve. You could have been the next. The next what? Huh? Blonde hair, blue eyes, stars and stripes. The entire world's been chasing that great white hope since he first got dosed with that serum. Steve did not put you in jail. All right, this episode was called Truth and Episode 5. This was a big episode. <laughs> a ma- yeah, it's, Massive It's episode. what we've been waiting for, yeah. right? Yes. As, as the series has moved forward, this is where the momentum has, has mm-hmm. anchored. Like It feels like all the pieces are working where we've found yeah. bumps in the road in other episodes or, or dips. Um, everything has come to this point right like or the the end of this episode is everything has come to a to one single spot right you know what i mean the 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 story has we have a place for the final episode to exist and yeah and And be focused and be focused not just a scattered thing like it feels like there's going to be a tied up episode at the end with characters that will then there will be a stepping off point for them to go further in the MCU. Yeah, if this had been a if this had been a longer series, two more episodes, this one would have been uh, all backstory, mm-hmm. and instead it became all con- like con- bringing together, connecting, connecting all of the parts, mm-hmm. so that we can move forward into this final climax, and then whatever happens after. Yes, and there are heavy spoilers here. There is no spoiler-free version of this, so be ready to get this episode spoiled for you. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it first. There's so much to talk about. There's a so lot. So we're going to go kind of uh, sequentially through this through this episode. And it and it starts off, if you remember, last episode, John Walker brutally murdered somebody in the streets of Latvia with the shield. And it starts off with him running from that event. And he's running to this uh, like abandoned warehouse and we get this really amazing use of shallow depth of field, this shallow focus. And you mentioned it before we even started talking about this episode, before yeah. we even hit the record button. And it was actually something I said out loud while I was watching no, the I episode. The I was thing. like, this is a great, great use of shallow depth of field. And if you hear any squeaking in the background, it's my dog who's very happy at home <laughs> and he's playing with a toy. Um, so if you hear that squeaking, that's him. But he's reminiscing of... Yeah, Lamar's in his head, man. Yeah, and he's he's trying to work through all of these Lamar moments and how Lamar supported him. And it was the use of shallow focus was so wonderful because it was in we were inside his head, but his head was going in out of focus yeah. too, right? So he's falling out of the focal point. And in between these, we get these crystal clear shots yeah. of Lamar and these extraordinary comic book level archetype oh my images. Over and over him, again. Him crouched with the shield in the light. Uh, it's comic book shots. It, there are. The, like that right the, there. The we're shot, watching we're on screen as we're, as we're yeah, When talking. he's sort of kneeling in front of it, I can um, I can see the comic book 
that that's you see in the panel, right? I mean, it yeah. is just astounding work. But that uh, that shallow depth of field, that shallow focus was just just feeling like you're in his head of there's no clarity. There's no like he cannot see past a certain point because there's so much distortion and it just fuzziness to his brain of what he just did. He's trying to make sense of everything that's going on. And if, if what he did was right and uh, he's it feels like he's feeling guilty for what he's what he's done because of what Lamar is saying to him right the, the, right Lamar's words are in conflict with what happened and yeah and that's this battle that he's playing out and it, you know we talked in the beginning about the fact that there was sympathy for him mm-hmm. and I, I was saying I don't know whether that's a legitimate position and now I sort of think I understand that arc that's taking uh-huh. place yeah we, we don't we don't side with him but no, we understand we, his brokenness and his potential, like his belief in the wrong thing mm-hmm. about what it means to be America, yeah. is played out so completely in yeah. this. Yeah. No. Exactly. There's, uh, there's a lot to Walker's story, and we'll get into that after you know, or later on in this episode. But it goes straight from him and his fuzziness to him being interrupted by Bucky and Sam, and we get this incredible, you know, three-person fight scene, and very reminiscent of, uh. Cap and Bucky's fight with Iron Man. Obviously, this time it's Falcon Bucky versus the new Captain America. So, uh, really, well, really, it, really fun to watch. The fight was fantastic, and I think there's a couple things about it that make me feel different than that other battle because we have seen something that looks similar to that fight before in this sure. series. Yeah, and the difference here is that Walker's irrational mm-hmm. and th- that battle's about rightness, right? So Correct, that battle, yeah. th- so like the purpose behind it is different. And as a result, the violence is so much more dangerous. Yes. You know what I mean? Like nobody, this- nobody in that, that cap Bucky Iron Man fight was fighting to kill somebody. That's right. Even, I don't even ever believe that Tony was going to kill Bucky. Right. right? I don't believe he was, no, he was he's going trying to, do to that. take him in. Yeah. Right. And yes. in this moment we see, John Walker throw his shield so fast at Bucky and we see him about to slam uh, Sam with the same move that he did to the guy he just killed. For sure. There's there's no, I mean, he is ready to kill like Walker will kill these two if he's given the chance and and he's brutal and that brutality, Mm -hmm. that destructiveness is what makes this unique. Yep. Uh, His I mean, and the other thing is, we know from the, the the stakes have been made high by Lamar's death. Mm-hmm. So Lamar is no stronger or weaker at this point than Sam is, right? Right. So every single time we see something, we know that Sam could be killed in any of these moments. Right. We only have one non-super soldier in this fight, and it's it's our protagonist, right? And and the the level of violence that walker does it's just extraordinary the madness in his eyes but it's madness in righteousness right like Mm -hmm. he believes in some way he's right and we keep get what i find really lovely about the scene is it's not about who so in that civil war scene it's about who's going to beat on iron man or vice versa here it's so much about who's going to rescue who Mm -hmm. from the fight Mm -hmm. and i love that that's sort of the structure of it and it is a brutal brutal uh, it's a brutal fight fight it's a brutal fight, and uh, but they do get that shield from him. Yep, essentially breaking his arm. Yeah, I they guess, or they something. they like snap his arm, and obviously later on he heals pretty quick because of the super soldier serum. But he, uh, 
yeah, Bucky, Bucky and Sam like rip the shield, and you hear this like snap. I know it's oh it's my goodness, super violent. <laughs> it is brutal, and uh, he's still throwing punches even after his arm is broken. And I mean, Bucky ends up just taking him out after you know Sam's on the ground. Sam can't hold his own, right? Um, actually, sorry, there's a. <laughs> <laughs> they, they slam Walker together. That's what it is. We're watching this as we're talking. And they're just remembering. Yes. And, oh, my gosh. I forgot about that And then slam. Walker's out, right? Yeah. And well, the idea of them working together is something that's it's happening. It's this team the that they need to, to, to bring together, right? And they they still joke about it later on in the episode of, like, we're not, you know, we're not partners. We're, you know, we're not a team. We're oh, just, eventually we're just they're two just guys. a couple of yeah, guys. We're just, yeah, yeah, we're just the, a guys. That just, the way yeah. they break that down is great. Yeah. But they get the shield, and there's this great moment with Sam and the blood on the shield, and you know there it's there's so much power and again like these massively gorgeous that was beautiful lit shots over and over again and so you know we're in a the situation's really difficult the, the flag smasher is gone in a way sam has the shield he needs to figure out what to do with it right like that's yeah. really what the well and he knows what he's is. not going to do with it right he's not giving it back to the american government absolutely like right. that's the one he's like 100 percent. that is not what i'm doing so what the heck am i going to do uh and the i mean the best shot in this entire this entire scene this fight scene is him trying to wipe that blood off that shield at the oh, end so good uh like he this isn't a shield to him you know it's not just a a tool it is a symbol of his friendship in a way with steve it's what ties him to to Steve it's what ties him to the the legacy of Steve not even just Steve Rogers the person but the ideals and beliefs of Steve um yeah it's, it's funny good, thing. it's goodness it's it's like everything that he wants America to represent and it doesn't and so he's trying to wipe the blood off of this metal shield the blood the the blood that's on the hands of of the United States and because it's this metal shield that it's just like you you're just moving blood around you're just spreading it you yeah, can't get it off exactly and you know what I think is really interesting like there's a couple things about this that I at least want to make mention of. One, one I want to say is that the the idea of the shield is really important for Captain America. Captain America could have been given a sword, right, mm -hmm. or a gun, or a club, or whatever. But he's given a shield. It's about defending, right? Like mm -hmm. there's this thing about the image of Cap, protection, right? defense. It certainly is a, an offensive weapon. It becomes that in the story. But mm -hmm. the idea of shield is uh, of a shield is very different, and so it is a part of what the, you know the protecting thing. That, that is not at all what Walker is assuming to do. Mm -hmm. But it, there's also this massive conversation about the shield as if it's a flag. And it it isn't. It right. does have the stars and stripes, but for our Marvel Universe, that's not what it is. And there's that great line where the, we'll hear later where they talk about the fact that, you know, we know you don't have the shield, John, um, and it doesn't matter anyway because it's a real gray area about who owns the shield. Yeah. The government doesn't own the shield. And it's this very powerful statement about the fact that the ideals of who we are as a country are very different than being owned by the government, that we, the people concept perhaps, yeah. or even a broader ideal. And so Sam having that in his hands is really interesting. And, and we'll talk about that again when we get to Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Um, so we go right from that fight scene into a conversation with Joaquin Torres, who's back. He hasn't been in, an episode in in a little bit here. It's I think the last time we saw him was episode two, maybe. It may well be. And, he may uh, have shown up and said like a line. In yeah. A later episode. Yeah. And uh, so he's back. He's having a conversation with Sam. We learn that the Flag Smashers 
have gone dark. They've just dropped off the radar. They're they're laying low, and he asks twice about the wings. What happened to the wings? And in the comics, Torres becomes Falcon. Well, Torres becomes a sidekick for uh, Sam's cap. cap. Right. So like we have this potential setup, mm-hmm. and whether or not we see that in this series or we see it later. Uh, Sam certainly gave him the wings here. And we know based on episode one that he understands tech. That's exactly right. So there's a serious tease here that we could see him show up in the next episode wearing these wings. And if not, there's a serious tease as the Marvel Universe does that he at some point will be wearing those wings in Mm -hmm. another story. Right. I think so much depends on something we're going to discover next episode but we found at the end of this one yeah and what what you know what's in a box sort of but we'll get to that um as <laughs> what we're going to see next episode but yeah i think the setup for torres is interesting and they keep him they keep him present as a confidant to sam in sort of a really mm-hmm. lovely way yeah 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 he he definitely feels like a friend right and not just this army guy who's given him commands or even just giving him some intel. Right. You know, he actually feels like a relatable human being. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I've loved every moment that Torres has been on screen. So, I really hope that that he remains in the show and that he actually pops up later on in, in the MCU. Uh, and I would love for him to show up wearing those wings. So it, it, This last episode is so exciting. But, I mean, part of this conversation that they're having is the it's the conversation that can't be had between... Bucky and Sam mm-hmm. because it needs to be about Sam's thinking and decision making and Bucky's position is so rigid in a way mm-hmm. about what needs to happen that this conversation is allows us to have this particular episode lets finally Sam be center stage for the episode yeah and so these kind of conversations allow that to take place yeah well you know Bucky is processing things from a different perspective and he has his own stuff, his own crap that he has to deal mm-hmm. with. And he can't see Sam's perspective because of the crap that's in the way, you know, from right. his own perspective. So that's you're right. That's where Torres needs to be this person that Sam can talk to and reflect with. So, uh, yeah, it's a good scene. It's a good scene. I'm glad glad it happened. But I mean, immediate following this, we go into <laughs> like Walker's like firing situation right right? his his not which we knew honorable discharge his not honorable discharge you are not being honorably discharged you're not being dishonorably discharged you're being i don't know like not honorably discharged. um and he's he's being discharged he loses his benefits like he loses everything like they really slam the door on him yeah i mean i feel and that's where you feel bad for him right in a sense i mean you 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 kind of turn from hating the guy yeah, this, to these, these images of him getting out of the car. They're like right out of the comics. But go ahead. Yeah, you turn from from like hating the guy to feeling a little bit bad for him just because like of how he's he is explaining the situation. Right, Walker says like you guys made me this like this. You appointed me to do this. You gave me the authority to do all of this stuff, and now you're just gonna go back on your word and rip all this stuff out from under me and like i was just following the orders you gave right and now i'm being held responsible for the stuff that you made me do and it's interesting because the parallel between he and steve rogers cap mm-hmm. right both are white men with this sort of 
military that what they do in the military is successful whether it's not with or without super soldier mm-hmm. the shooting of this scene's so good and uh in addition we have a hispanic partner right mm-hmm. yeah and we have a black sidekick mm-hmm. and we have this like very clear parallel but that because they're not anchored in the same way because one is a product of the military and the other in right. a way is the opposition to the military mm-hmm. Um, their, their their outcome is is really different, and I, and I think that that parallels such a wonderfully crafted story point. To just they could have made his wife a white woman, anything yeah. else, but they literally sort of parallel these paired groups, so that we see Sam, we see Torres there, we see these people who are in you know working together, connected in some way um, to to people of color and not, and 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 how that relationship works. This yeah. guy who's in charge here, that's a bad man. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, he's a bad dude. And he's the same guy who's in the GRC meeting that's later right, on. That's right, at the end, yeah. So there is some... He is in He is in control of a lot of things. Yeah. He's in He's in control of too many things, to be to be quite honest. But, yeah, that, that firing meeting is... That's a rough scene for, for John, and you feel bad for him. And... To the point to where y- you get a little bit more of why he is the way he is. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily feel bad for him, but like I can, I can empathize with him a bit, and that's what that's what's needed. Yeah, well, in, in there's a conversation about American military, right? That happens mm-hmm. in the in the in the you know political theory world that people say we should hate soldiers because of the bad things they sure. do. Or we should hate the government because of who they are sending the soldiers or the tr- whatever. There's this, you know, the anti-war versus anti-soldier position and the complexity that happened around Vietnam in, in relationship to that and the complexity that still happens today. And the struggle is always with the individual soldier who's been trained to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and do you hold them completely accountable? And mm-hmm. you need the difference between accountability and empathy is legit. And I feel for his... Yeah, victimization by the country, but I don't think that validates his actions. Sure. Yes. And I yeah. can make that moral or ethical distinction. Yeah. Nothing validates slicing a man in two with a shield who didn't kill someone. Right. I mean, let alone slicing a man in two and who did kill someone. Who did kill somebody. Right. Right. <laughs> who right, did right. do it? It doesn't even seem. Legitimate. No. No. It does, yeah. It's. Yeah. There's. There's a lot to that scene, and it really kind of even reflects how veterans are even treated after they return home exactly like people who are stripped from of of their honors or who are uh dishonorably discharged and they they don't get any benefits right he doesn't get any benefits right moving on like the the man just served in the military for how many years he has three medal medal of honors like they decided to appoint him to be captain america and he makes a mistake and all of a sudden his entire future is just gone. You know, there's no money. He's not going to get a job ever again in the United States government. He's the only thing he can do is be a soldier. So what do you do going forward? Um, Just so happens he has a super soldier serum. So that's actually a really good. Well, and that's why it seems (laughs) really crazy that uh, they, they let him walk out of the room. Right. Well, right, right. I, I mean, I have expected him to be thrown into a prison and them experiment on him again. But it just seems like they have to do something. He's like he could be the worst. Well, he certainly should be on a watch guy. list, right? Like he, mm-hmm. I mean, in the same way, Winter Soldier is it, well, not to be honest. Bucky should be on a watch list at the same time, 
but in this, and I think all the Avengers are uh, obviously being yeah. there's tabs being kept on them. Like the governments are keeping tabs on on these guys, right? right. And certainly on Walker now. Um, I'm assuming they know that he has the serum. I, I would think they have to know he has the serum. Okay, yeah, because they never they never brought it up. Um, that, right, they don't bring it up. But the Contessa who arrives, right? This oh man, what a surprise! Yeah, what a surprising cameo. <laughs> I, was, I was beyond shocked when Julia Louis Dreyfus just. <laughs> I did not expect it at all. Um. I didn't catch her name because she so, gave a few different ones. Right. So Val. So I have. But you her can't call name. her that. So her name is. Um, here I'm just gonna scroll till I get it. So I'm right. <laughs> Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Thank you. Okay. That's good. And what a great little cameo! What a great character. Yeah, and I think it's not Real gonna quick. just be a cameo. I think it's a cameo yeah, that's here. That's coming back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a quick introduction. Uh, and this is, and we, I do not think we'll see her in the next episode. No, I think we'll she's see her setup. later. Yeah. yeah, she's either she's either she means she could be the power broker, right? She could be connected to the power broker, I, but that feels like I really think she's weird connected. to me. Uh, but it could be, she could be, mm -hmm. but she could be connected to Thunderbolt Ross too, mm -hmm. who is the if people remember him. Well, that's another thing Hulk to talk stuff. about with with Zemo a little that's bit later right. too. Yeah, there's potentially another. There's a, there's like a bad guy team, bad guy good guy team, mm -hmm. a sort of Suicide Squad esque right. thing that could form that right. this may be this may be leading us towards in some way. Well, you know, there's there's one thing, you know, the second that the second that she comes in and that scene happens, I say, okay, I know exactly where we're going with this, and we are going to get a privately funded u.s agents right and this is how he he turns from cap to u.s, to US agent exactly and this is this is how we're doing it i and, like i get it and it's such a well-designed well-structured decision because it allows us with our empathy mm -hmm. to accept that as a move that happens without him getting his i mean he murdered someone mm -hmm. probably prison's an important thing to consider uh, he murdered an innocent yeah, for sure it's not about the murder it's about the way he murdered and that he murdered an innocent we've seen we've seen cap kill people we've seen sam kill people we've seen uh, a lot of the avengers kill a lot of people so it's less about the murder and more about how the murder was committed and the, right the and, justification and, and for the it. justification for it yeah uh so my dog he bro he's looking for come here, love me, a lot he's really I will looking pet for you. love i will pet you so so yeah that uh, it was just a great way of seeding what this series has done so well is with a very large ensemble cast mm -hmm. it is it has done a tremendous amount of work seeding the non-cosmic non um magic universe that's ahead you know yes. i feel like we really and i think we may be seeing that with each of these so like we have the Doctor Strange component from WandaVision. Mm -hmm. This is going to seed our Earth-based ground heroes. Mm -hmm. And the Loki is going to seed Thor, right? Like right. They're, they're making good connections. And I think we'll see the Hawkeye potentially seed the Young Avengers. Like we're going to see these movies or these series connected. Yeah. They're, they're taking the time to really let us, to really develop characters that would be so difficult to manage in a film because you could not mm -hmm. spend the time with Walker that would allow us to feel the way we do. Yeah. We don't no, validate right. him, but 
we empathize. You're right. And I, I've, I've talked to a lot of different people about this show and I'll, you know, people have asked me like, what do you think of Falcon and Winter Soldier? I'm like, I really like it. And they're like, really? Cause I'm not really getting into it. I'm just not into it. And I tell them it's because of the episodic nature of the show. You're just not invested because of this pace. It feels like a Marvel movie, but you're not getting the satisfaction of a Marvel film after a 50 minute watch right. of each episode. So next time you, when the series is done, go back and rewatch episodes one through three in one sitting and then watch four to six in one sitting. You're going to feel completely different about, about the show after you do that. I, and I you know? agree with you completely. I, I, and we'll talk about, I'll say something when we get to the, uh, a little later in, mm -hmm. in an episode about that. Cause I think there's something important to say about that too, but I don't want to rush. So let's look at what's where we are next. So we, he, so essentially Walker's fired by the government. He's fired and, and rehired. And then he's rehired by yeah. the Contessa who could be working for a shadow American government. Um, she could be Hydra man. For she could be know. Hydra. She could be part of the Thunderbolt. She could be the power broker. We don't know who she is yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's probably a billion Easter egg videos that give you all the ideas of wh who she could be and why she's whoever that Easter egg video thinks she is. I prefer to <laughs> let Kevin Feige take me on the journey. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah like just let it go. And that's just my do feeling. Thing. Um, yeah. So after that, we are, we are with Carly Morgenthau and she and her crew are back at the same kind of GRC, uh, facility where they were hosting the refugees where, where Zemo gave the Turkish delight to the kids. To the kid, right. And that place has been cleared out. Uh, the GRC, you know, pretty much said that, you know, these refugees were were aiding and abetting, you know, fugitives. A terrorist. Terror I think they say, terrorists. Actually say terrorists. And uh, being, being the flag smashers. And so they shut down the facility. And so there's consequences for Carly and her team's actions, right? There's clear consequences. But instead of realizing that it's kind of on them they just go and continue to blame the system right right for shutting it down and not helping people and they realize that this meeting's coming up and they're going to be you know essentially sending everybody back to their uh to their countries all the refugees back to their countries and i think carly says a line of like she says something along the lines of how many or what does it cost to be a, like a citizen of this planet? Like, right. What like what is it going to take? How right. many What's people have to die or whatever it is for us to be considered? How, citizens how many people have to suffer for us to be considered citizens of this? And this, this is planet. the same thing for me that I struggle with. And I just don't know where we're going to be. Carly's the, Carly's followers are experiencing her close followers, like her disciple level followers, her apostle level followers that mm -hmm. Christianize the language. Yeah. They're, they are conflicted um, in mm -hmm. some ways about where she's heading. And I like the fact that there's that conflict there because this is a really difficult place for us to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. the, the GRC, which is, um, those initials are fascinating to me. <laughs> um, the, they, the GRC is a governmental organization that feels very U S right. Yeah. feels very U S driven and it feels, um, like they're the bad guys They they definitively, their actions are inhumane. Yeah. Right. So like it's that idea of you close down the place where the children are cause they were harboring terrorists is about children starving. You send, you know, refugees back to their countries that are unable to sustain them is right. about murdering 
hundreds of yeah. people or allowing yeah. them to die and it's just inhumane and it's not the language of and again like i'm getting to this thing about the the flag versus the shield it's not give me your hungry your tired your huddled masses your poor it's send your hungry tired back where they came from because right. we don't want them around they're in the way and there's something about that that's really heartbreaking yeah for sure um and that uh and and so carly's outrage is legitimate yeah but her behaviors yeah are problem it's what sam said in the last episode of like i i i'm with your fight like i get your i get your fight but i just can't get with how you're fighting it and yeah you know she's continuing to make act, uh, decisions and and commit actions that go against the way uh, she should fight this fight that she should win this fight mm -hmm. right there's a way to go about it and she's going about it in the opposite way but at the same time you understand why she's doing it like if she has to get if she has to make change like this is the this is the only way that she can see how she's going to make change uh, Except in her mind, she has to murder people to do it, or she has to kill people to do it. Right. And uh, she'll she'll go to any steps, any she'll do anything that's necessary to to make it happen. So yeah, in a, in a way, it's like the Killmonger position, right? Where yeah, Killmonger has a legitimate beef, right? For sure. And what Wakanda's done that is the the Wakandan's metaphor that exists, because the metaphor in this just it's brutal mm -hmm. um how how clear falcon and winter soldier has this metaphorical overtone but the metaphor there you know is you know that the african the african versus american black relationship is damaged in some profound way and killmonger mm -hmm. represents that but killmonger is in the violent mode from go right like he's right. a killer from go mm -hmm. whereas carly morgenthal has been pushed in that direction by yeah. the world around her and the the fact that it will not sync up with her ideals of everyone being a legitimate citizen of the world. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's funny actually Killmonger and John Walker are very similar beings, right? They're they're very similar people who have been they're soldiers who have been trained to do this and they've both been traumatized and victimized by their country whereas, you know, even though Killmonger's trauma and victimization comes from Africa or from Wakanda right and his African heritage right but Walker's is his American it's like his home like even though Killmonger never set foot in Wakanda he that he he always felt like that was the place like his home right right even never setting foot there and he felt yeah. the trauma from his country the betraying betrayal, him. right Right. And and Walker is now feeling that same thing, mm -hmm. this betrayal from his country. And so you're seeing these two parallels in both of those characters. And I'm just glad that we, you know, I'm glad Walker isn't killed because when mm -hmm. you're killing Killmonger. Killmonger removed. should, I, he should still be in the MCU. Yeah, that's a, it, well, it's a huge loss. Yeah. And I, and there's maybe re good reasons why, but sure. it's a huge loss. So, so the Carly Morgenthal thing moves out and then we he head to, yeah, Sokovia. we'll circle back around to Carly right. later. We see yeah. her later. Uh, but we are in that, uh, you know, we're in uh, Sokovia now with, with Zemo and Bucky. And we get that, uh, you know, we get that, that monument that he mentioned in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. We get to see that monument. And that monument is the most Eastern European monument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a really well production designed yep. or animated, whatever. It is certainly CG. It, I it, think. It's yeah. com it feels completely. That is not a real rock. No, yeah. but it does. It, it's so <laughs> Eastern European. Yeah. It really does work. 
Um, and we get this wonderful scene between Zemo and uh, Bucky, uh, or although at this point he might be the Winter Soldier. They play it up really nicely. Yeah. Um, and Zemo tries to push him one more time to to mur go murder, murder Carly. Carly, like yeah. he, he really tries to make it work in that spectacular jacket. That Can I just has. say I was just gonna say their outfits are incredible of these costumes this this pair of men staring at each other in these costumes <laughs> it's incredible in their fancy jackets in, with the wind and yeah. uh the uh and, you know digitized statue behind them <laughs> the, uh it's that so, is certainly a digitized but it's statue. so good goodness gracious the images are so strong like it feels like the director said i'm going to save all of my great shots for episode five i'm literally yeah. just going to litter this episode with giant images uh beautifully framed captured yeah. images but the you know bucky has this gun we get the tease that he's going to shoot him there's a chance he could this is one of the places where you know i was fully on board i was like he's gonna shoot him he's just gonna do it he's just gonna do it i i knew that he couldn't die though do you know what i mean I, I understand but i that. knew he was going to pull this trigger I just didn't know what was going to happen next. Well, it's so good that he pulls the trigger and he doesn't decide not to just shoot him. Like, mm -hmm. there's something about the idea of, I'm an unloaded weapon now, you dumb piece of crap. Yeah. As yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to, I'm no longer violent. Like, right. I don't buy that from Bucky, that he's not going to be violent. But right. I do buy that he's an unloaded weapon now, that mm -hmm. he's pulled the murder part of him out and he's going to let it fall to the ground. I think that, right. that metaphor is so strong. And uh, Lisa, when we watched this, gasped here. This is her gasp. Uh, <laughs> and then in comes the Wakandans, and we get a really strong sense of how tight the White Wolf was with the Dora Milaje. Oh, yeah. It was almost like he was the, the brother, right? Yeah. Like he was like the adopted brother who was brought in and is just fighting alongside yeah you know what i don't know i don't know how else to explain that it's like the dormelage are his sisters in a way yeah it feels that way and uh they continued to call him white wolf and uh it doesn't seem like ao is is mad at him anymore so that's cool and they're taking zemo off to something they call the raft they're taking him to the raft and we've seen the raft and it's in so Civil good War. it's so good mm -hmm. Um, by putting him there, we still have Zemo in the universe. Mm -hmm. He's a complex and interesting character and potentially part of this Thunderbolt Thunderbolts. team. Because the last time we I checked, uh, Ross, Thunderbolt Ross, was running the raft. Right. So so you get him, yeah. you get Walker. Well, you... And the raft, I believe, from my time playing Spider-Man games, <laughs> uh, hosts a whole lot of of spider-man villains at some point uh, it, the raft is the is our suicide squad yeah. creation yeah like it's where we're gonna get the suicide squad if we get that the right. and and marvel version the marvel yeah. version which yeah. won't be goofy yeah right that that's the distinction right it won't be the weird heroes sort of like suicide squad is right it'll be these these villains who walk this strange gray line mm -hmm. this great gray space yes yeah, yeah, yeah. They are going to humanize them far more and make us feel if this happens, if they do this, which it feels like they have to at this oh, point. I just can't imagine how in the next Avengers movie, whenever it comes, that's not where we're That gonna we're going to see villains as heroes. And I say heroes in a weird way because it's not really heroes, but 
you're going to get their perspective on things. Right. And they're not just doing things because they're going to get less jail time. The, right. You know what I mean? Like the Suicide Squad in, in D.C. has been like, we'll take the however many months or years off of your sentence, right. off of your two life sentence. Right. Like it's exactly. just stupid. <laughs> and if you stray from this, there's a chip in your brain and we're just we'll going to blow, blow your, your brains out. Right. Yeah. It's this, like, it's, this is not going to be the gimmicky in that sense. Right, uh, right. The, the stakes won't be that. It'll. There's going to be a reason they're going to be fighting. Well, and they become a nice. So this conversation about fascism and superheroes gets played out because you can let those guys do the bad fascist superhero stuff mm -hmm. and it gives the the characters who we care uh -huh. about or we need to care about uh -huh. the ability to be in conflict with that and it allows yeah. us to speak about that issue about whether superheroes have legitimacy or not and and that's a it's, it's just a, a potential for really interesting storytelling yes um, yeah well anyway let's get to the, the i think the deep cuts here of this episode oh my goodness gracious. is and you called this episodes ago you're like there's no way that we're only seeing isaiah bradley for a single for episode, a single episode that, is, that, would be, that would be so stupid uh, uh and sure enough he's back in episode five because there's unfinished business that sam has with isaiah bradley and the episode is called truth which is the title of isaiah bradley's comic truth red white red white and black right and I gotta yes. tell you, I said I said this to you. I told you when you were gonna watch this that I I said stuff out loud three times. Yeah, and I said what What were they? Tell me what what they were, because well, the the first one for me was Julia Louis Dreyfus's entrance. I don't so know about I, you. I did. I mine I was shallow focus. Okay. Julia Louis Dreyfus, and this moment okay and then i i actually audibly spoke about something later but not in the same way but i like i there were exclamations <laughs> but here i said and I, i'm not going to say exactly what i said because i want to keep us from going into the, <laughs> the explicit, explicit rating, rating. <laughs> um but i said it loud enough uh that my wife who had gone to bed an hour before i watched started watching this um <laughs> she heard me and said today when I said, I yelled out loud here. She said, I heard you. You said, I'm like, yes, that's when it happened. When I saw Baltimore and I saw the kid playing basketball, I knew where we were. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I, I was going to get that satisfaction we've talked about over and over again in filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I was going to get this moment. And I didn't know where it was going to go. Mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I'm not 100% sure. I'm still working out how I feel about it. But mm -hmm. this, this level, this scene is what makes falcon and the winter soldier what it needs to be mm -hmm. and we talked about last episode that scene with uh uh ao and um bucky mm -hmm. being like spectacular marvel this scene is that level yeah of scene and we don't get this in any anywhere else right and so i will take a, a series that doesn't function completely mm -hmm. for to get these scenes yeah well, these scenes like this and shows like this are only going to enhance the movies and the rest of the story overall. Right. Right. There's people who are like, ah, I'm not feeling it. I'm like, guys, we're in episode. We just watched episode four. There's still two episodes left. You can't tell me you don't like it until you watch all six episodes. And then the first episode of the next series that directly ties to this, you know, like people didn't like WandaVision the first two episodes. I'm like, you guys, there's like however eight more episodes left or however many episodes there were like people are judging these things too fast well and, you're right because they're looking for immediate bingeable gratification yeah yeah well these, you ignore people are so used to leaving the theater and having just watched a completed marvel right. story front mm -hmm. to back and they're not used to it yet 
you got to give. I think you just got to give it some time. And and the the thing you need to remember is there's a gift here, and it's a gift of good storytelling. Mm-hmm. So Marvel is great at telling us these narrative arcs and stories, mm-hmm. but we can all, and but when we get scenes like this, they're tastes, right? Mm-hmm. This would be five lines, not ten minutes mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah. But here we get ten minutes, and and talk about like. But this is when I was like, this is still like Watchmen light in some ways, but yeah. it's, it's now treading the Watchmen land. Mm-hmm. And we have these echoes, right, of this old black superhero yeah. who exists in the future. But, you know, we we get two black men talking about issues about race for 10 minutes. It's a long scene. It, that That is unprecedented in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so whatever you say about white Captain America, black sidekick, whatever you say about um, the mo- it's slow paced. If we get the gift of a scene between two black men talking about real issues of race in America and what America means to black people mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. That's a huge win. It's worth it's worth the whole series. It's worth for every bump in the road ahead of this. Yes. Agreed. Well, let's dive into what they talk about, because okay. uh they, they they first start in the in in the back of in a Isaiah's, garden for goodness uh, sake he's watering garden. a garden yeah man and <laughs> he asked do I do I think is that what I think it is right he's carrying the shield in the bag and and you know that Sam is thinking I'm gonna give you this gift of the shield to honor you mm-hmm. for your sacrifice mm-hmm. right yeah and he's like I want no part of that like don't <laughs> even bring that near me don't like, even open don't even it. take it out of the right. bag keep that thing in the bag and he doesn't see he's he, there's no patriotism in a way to isaiah Could, he, he, like he there's nothing have, about america right. that he wants to have right? yeah, he's been completely betrayed yeah and we you know as they talk we learn the scope of this betrayal yeah um yeah yeah right isaiah tells his story right he, and and his story is almost identical to to steve rogers it, it's so true it is it is no it's straight identical to it, steve it rogers ultimately story. is an identical story yeah but it, because he's black he was experimented on and he throws and we talked about the tuskegee airmen and he, well, he the, right the tuskegee's experimenting right right but he talks about them he does he talks about d- the, directly he doesn't right. say syphilis but he says tetanus right and he talks about the Tuskegee experiments and he says they said it was tetanus mm-hmm. and, you know, and then the men go off and they lose their minds and whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's a it's an exactly parallel story. Yeah. Um, save for the Red Skull. Right. right. Save for that portion, which right. we don't even really know what that what actually happens. But um, he rescues those guys and then he is experimented on. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Put in prison. And they they don't give him any letters from his wife. His wife doesn't believe he's dead. And yeah, like it's it is like a full brutal betrayal, torturous thing that he went through. And he you know, there's these references to the history and the betrayal of uh, black Americans throughout America's and not even America's history, but the continent's mm-hmm. history. Right. Like from Pilgrim settlement on. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, from Columbus on, ultimately, and, and that, that this sort of treatment of the marginalized, what have become marginalized people, but but people of color, yeah. he, and his bitterness is so incredibly strong. And he says that line, 
you know, America's never going to let a black man be Captain America. Right. And no self-respecting black man would ever wear those colors. Right. Yeah. And that's a position I hear on social media that I hear amongst friends of mine in political groups I work Mm -hmm. through that I don't necessarily ascribe to. And I also under, but I understand completely. Yeah. And, but I also don't ascribe to the, to the saluting of the flag. Like the Pledge of Allegiance is a problematic statement for me too, right? Yeah. So like, so they're placing these people so that we can see Sam in the middle. Yeah. And the decisions he needs to make. Yeah. Yeah, because you you can see his reaction, Sam's reaction when he says no self-respecting black man would wear would want to wear that shield or wear those colors. You can see the conflict mm-hmm. in him. You know that Sam doesn't believe that because he doesn't have the same perspective on that shield on those colors that Isaiah does because Isaiah wasn't fighting alongside Steve. You know, there's a different right. there's a different perspective what he believes the shield and the and the suit to be is different than what Isaiah believes it to be. It's different than what America believes it to be. It's different than what John Walker believes it to be. There's a you can you can look at the shield, you can look at the the uniform, the helmet and it can mean something completely different to everybody. You know. Yeah, Sam's confronted by his own misunderstanding. The journey he mm-hmm. makes and this is where it's different than Watchmen is this mm-hmm. is personal journey of discovery through this whole series mm-hmm. of him carrying this thing that means so much to him based on something really important and his the softness and warmth of who he is as a counselor right like that right. part of him and how he's confronted by these political positions around him all of whom are extremists mm-hmm. right not radicals they're extremists they're out on the edge um, and I the performance of Isaiah Bradley is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, it no it really is and you know, I think I remember him talking about something about erasing his history, right? America has mm-hmm. erased right his and it's so true. Yeah, he, they've erased him from life, right. right? Because he's essentially dead. Sam offers to to bring him back, to like make him to establish him Right, as back the, into society, right. and he and and Isaiah responds with something along the lines of, "Well, you don't think I'd be dead in the day, if if you brought me back and 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 told somebody that I was alive, you know?" So they clearly think he's a threat, and even to this day, that they would, he thinks that they would kill him if they they knew about him. Right? And and the people we've seen in the GRC, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah, I mean. There's there's a lot to unpack here. There's there's a lot. Well, you know, to in this erasing history thing, and I'm just going to belabor this yeah, point a little bit. The the issue of race in this show is so strong and thoughtfully done, and it is challenging in every way. It's challenging uh-huh. to everyone's mm-hmm. perspective. And what I love about this kind of storytelling is it doesn't let us. We I respect Isaiah Bradley. I agree with his pain. Yeah. I can't completely agree with his position mm-hmm. because there's something everyone's missing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's missing something important about humanity. Yeah. But when he talks about erasing his history, I watched this tw- uh, 24 hours after I sat with uh, a group of students and we were watching a scene from Selma and a scene uh-huh. from uh, a parallel scene. And I'll, I can show you the parallel. T- uh, um, 
to uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. There's two scenes that oh, are yeah, almost yeah, yeah. duplicated, duplicate shots almost. Okay. Like it's astounding how close together the two are set up. And they're for different purposes. Are they a speech scene? They're, yeah, speech scene. Yeah. It's the free scene and yes. it's the speech over the coffin. Yes, uh, yes. In Selma. It's unbelievable. Yep. They're, they're, it's a brilliant Well, see, I knew exactly pastiche. what you were talking about. Yeah. It's so good. So, so I show these two scenes and I asked this class of students, all of whom were black students in my class, None of, only one could identify that the first one took place with Martin Luther King in it and didn't know where Selma was. They thought the civil rights movement had taken place in the 1940s. Oh my gosh. And they didn't know anything about uh, Hampton mm -hmm. in a movie that is hugely popular, right? And so was Selma. Like, a yeah. crit critical story, right? They didn't know any of it. They didn't have any frame of reference. And the uh -huh. white students didn't. Well, that's their history's been erased. Yeah, that history's been erased from textbooks. Well, it's, it's curriculum, right? It's, it's the curriculum's being written. Look, I did not learn about Fred Hampton when I was in school, right? Because you know, talking about the Black Panthers, because the Black Panthers were a, uh, they were a violent political party. You know, they they I didn't really learn about Malcolm X, right? Because Malcolm X uh, subscribed to a violent perspective when needed, and. I did learn about Martin Luther King Jr. You know why? Because he was peaceful. And in the end, you didn't learn about the fact that you know he was anti-capitalist and blah, no, you blah, blah, did not learn right? that he was a, that he was for socialism at yeah. all. Yeah, and so all of these people are raced. And as, the more we learn about Black history, and and I'm not, I'm, I can't speak to this at all. I want to ask you a question about that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't speak to this necessarily directly, but um, you know, I don't. I care a lot about black history and I am a white guy. I'm going to make sure that's clear to the audience. I we care immensely white about men. it. Yes. Right. And, and I study it hard and I explore it in my life very hard in contrast to this concern that we're hearing about on the screen. And I'm by no means able to have the experience or expertise of many other folks, but I can say that the more I discover, the more I know what's been erased. Mm -hmm. And so this, this conversation by Bradley is absolutely legit a legitimate position to be discussing yeah uh and those lost love letters are a metaphor and the the picture oh my goodness gracious it's mm -hmm. killer yeah the the entire 10 minutes with isaiah is definitely a, a conversation starter hopefully for somebody and the fact that we're getting this in a marvel movie or a marvel show that's what i mean it's just insane yeah it's, it's just crazy gift and it's we great. had great like there's an episode of Watchmen that does this same kind of, well, the whole thing does, but there's that the one episode that sort of goes through the history of uh, the uh, Red Hood. What's his name? That's nah, not the Red Hood. Oh, I, I know uh, who you're talking about. I don't remember his name. I'm feeling stupid right now. Um, the hanging man. Uh, <laughs> boy, we may have to edit this because I'm not going to get it. It's not going to come out. Watchmen. Old, and I've been too long with my daughter's baby shower. Hooded Justice. Hooded Justice. <laughs> So that, that whole hooded justice thing and, and the reveal that it's a black man and not a white man as everyone thought it was. And that whole storyline is so powerful. And um, and it it does this same kind of work. Mm -hmm. The Tulsa beginning stuff at the beginning does oh the goodness. same kind of work. And yet the difference is the quirkiness of, of what happens in that story um, doesn't allow the richness of conversation between two straight up black people about the issue mm -hmm. it, because one of the people in that series is a god <laughs> right 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 you follow right. me and and one is an, a memory and so there's all sorts of interesting narrative tools used in that series and it's brilliantly done like one of the best things i've seen right but th this scene is doing a different piece of work and i hope people give the series time enough to let these people talk into to as you say have a conversation about it after that. Mm -hmm. 
Is there anything else you want to add about Isaiah Bradley before we move on? I I don't think this is the end of Isaiah Bradley I hope in this the is not the end of in the, the series. I don't know about the maybe maybe not just this series, but I think at some point in the MCU Isaiah will be back. The humanizing of Bradley through the scene so good. It is shot so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Again, we're in this like shallow focus world. The beautifully lit, softly done, and the lighting of black men's skin done exactly the way it should be Mm -hmm. which is often so poorly done in filmmaking the other thing i think i want to point out and i see it here in this scene yeah there's so much red white and blue production design in this episode and i'm gonna talk about something later oh yeah that i another when i actually yes chris i screamed four times (laughs) because now i've come up with a fourth Uh, anyway i i I thought this scene was extraordinary and sam's the, the work we're getting is so good Anyway, yeah, let's move forward. It's a beautiful scene. Uh, okay, uh, next thing we find is uh, we're back in Louisiana. Sam's back with Sarah, uh, who, in fact, is we've been debating this entire <laughs> this entire series. Is it his sister? Is it his sister-in-law? Sister. It's his sister. Well, I am Steph is, Steph fully convinced us. that it's his sister. Okay, my wife has now joined the conversation. Ignore my. I sound like I'm super sick. So it's the sister because she. They're too close to be sister-in-law. Like, the way they interact with each other is very, like, immediate siblings. But then they show us up-close pictures of the boat, and it's little Sam and Sarah. There's, it's not Sam and brother. All of the young pictures... You're, like, at my nose. All of the young <laughs> pictures are boy-girl, so Sam and Sarah. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, Steph so, has left the conversation. <laughs> she'll be back. I have a feeling. <laughs> um, I love this Louisiana work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love Sam with the kids. I love Sam with Sarah. I love these intimate conversations. I think this thing about feeding the other families is such a wonderful Black Panther moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. Um, we, we Here's the thing, right? We would never get this in a full Marvel movie. Sarah would not even... Exists in the script in the Marvel film, right? Or if she Le- did, we would if walk she did, into her she'd home. Be in the cutting, she'd be on the cutting room floor, right. you know? That's it. it, it uh, you wouldn't get it. You'd miss all of this. And it, it would. it's just, you don't. You wouldn't get the full humanity of Sam because you're seeing him, there. you're seeing normal life. Like this, this series takes superheroes and puts them down to human level and... Because that's what Sam is. He has no serum in him. He is a normal guy who just happens to have a crazy suit. Which he doesn't have anymore. And, and he's buds with Captain America. Like, he yeah. becomes friends. Right. He was in the right place at the right day. He was, yeah. he was jogging on the right day. And, and, they, and they became friends, And right? they became friends. And, and so this scene, first of all, we learned something about Sarah. We learned that she is a giving, caring person. Mm-hmm. That she's part of her community in a way that's profound. We learned that the family's been that way. We learned yeah. that that they are like the Black Panthers, the feeders of Paul and children. Darlene. I think were the names Paul and on, the, on the boat, right? And and they've been helping the community out for years, years and years and years. And it's time to call in the favors, right? They call in some favors from from the people that they've helped out in the past to because they gotta they gotta fix up this boat. This boat comes back into play from what episode one or two, and. Uh, they decide to sell the boat. Sam is on board. Sure, whatever. We're going to sell the boat. I'm going to do what you want, and I'm going to help you out. 
like whatever it takes for you to survive like means we got to sell the boat which again is this conversation about erasing erasing their history right of, you know it it's he but he's gonna do it because he thinks that's the way that they need to just move on because if they can get this boat fixed they can sell it and if they can sell it they can get themselves back in line like they can get yeah. themselves out of the hole right and he wants to help his sister and the the two boys are charming that her mm-hmm. two kids are so charming yeah um and and so there so we get this sort of montage piece where they're doing work on the boat right yep and it feels like nothing we've seen in the series before no it's completely almost like out of left field montage there's thing. M- the music's playing yep did you love it um, and they were friends. Yeah, talking to the mic when you're talking. Oh, sorry. Because you're having a conversation with us, but the people who are listening can't hear you. I'm just commenting. I'm the peanut gallery <laughs> over here. But, but what I love is, so there's these old guys that show up, right? And um, they're Easter eggy people, but we can. I'm not going to worry about that. And and in comes, uh, they had this big thing on their truck. Yeah, who's going to move this? Who's going to move it? course who, who else will move yes, it Bucky but Bucky's Bucky does and then we get this wonderful sequence of stuff yeah funny and charming with Bucky and Sam both working together on the boat yep um and Bucky flirts with Sarah in, <laughs> it's so good it I, I felt like I go ahead, am go ahead. all for Bucky and Sarah <laughs> I am I am on board with it I am on board with it well, I would not be surprised if Bucky and Ao hadn't been I, tight, that, yeah, yeah, right yeah. at some point. Does the, Bucky have a type? Uh, well, I is think it, if is we it look black at women, is that no, what? I think if we look at the first series, Bucky's type is women. I think <laughs> if we look at the and okay. and what I want to say is and I, and I that's the point I want to make is well, the Winter Soldier's gone, yeah, because Bucky can flirt. Oh, you're right. You you're follow right. me? Yes. Like, yeah. Like it's this wonderful little touch mm-hmm. of. Hey, baby, you know what I mean? And her response and that moment is says to me, he really is healing like he's legitimate. And so as they fix the boat, they're fixing Bucky. They're also fixing the history like Mm -hmm. it's it's Sam literally saying they may have erased our history, but we're not going to let that happen. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to rebuild it and people are going to come together to rebuild it so good well and and it's not them erasing our history we're deciding what to do with our history right right? exactly great it's less of you know nobody's making the choice for us we're making our own choices with that yeah um but yeah we get this great it's a good bonding moment for bucky and sam Um, it shows that this is really the first time in the series that bucky has really stepped up and shown that he actually cares about sam and is going to do something for sam because the rest of it has been Sam kind of doing stuff for Bucky a little bit. And they've been giving each other some, you know, some hard, I don't know. And there's that, that great, he, you know, he tells time. him to stay and they, he stays over. Mm-hmm. And then when Bucky wakes up, uh, the kids are playing with the shield. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's good. They just, it's, it's, it was a good scene. And it, it is again, like it's two black kids playing with this shield that Isaiah Bradley wants nothing to do with because of his perspective. But these kids don't see it as they don't, they don't see, they don't see America. They don't see the shield as representing, you know, the violence and everything that comes along with the United States. They see it as this is cool. This is, I mean, they don't, they don't see it as a weapon necessarily. They just see it as something that gives them hope potentially and something that is 
it's I mean it's cool <laughs> their uncle Uncle Sam Sam knows right. Captain Cap, America right? right like when there's a moment later too when uh one of the two boys he traces his finger over uh, the, uh, star the star mm-hmm. that yeah. was just like tears welling up in my eyes through the whole and yeah uh, it was Steph is coming to it add was something. very very good that's one of my favorite things that kids do is that if you're you like holding something and they're tracing it like watching their like they're admiring it and it means something to them because they're trying they're like hyper focused on it and he did that and i was like yes well done whoever directed him to do that or if no one didn't he just did it well done like i just love that kids do that in real life and so yeah. that was a very real life moment so before we get to this next segment here with uh there's a shield co- toss conversation i want to uh, get the pressing again and we'll pop back over to walker um and his conversation with lamar's uh lamar's family which absolutely uh is an awful awful scene i'm gonna be honest i hated every second of this because of the uh lack of truth coming from walker and erasing history for lamar um and his and his family this whole thing is just like we're just gonna just you know cross this out and say that the guy i killed to protect myself and to justify what i've done I'm going to say that the guy I killed is the one who killed your son. It's not true, but I'm going to say it is. And I'm, I've conv- he's convinced himself. Oh, I don't think right. he th- I don't think he thinks he's lying. He's fully convinced that he's mm-hmm. he's killed is the one who killed. Uh because I think we get another I think in the opening fight scene actually he talks about that. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, dude, no, nah, he, he didn't, didn't kill. Do he's it, not no. the one who did it, man. Right. Um and so yeah, there's the awful scene where he's He's talking with Lamar's parents and his sister, and I'm not sure I understand. and it's just like it's heartbreaking to to watch because the family is clearly John. John feels like an adopted son almost to these right. kids That's or right. to these this, to this family. He's another kid, and they give him a picture of Lamar, and it really feels like Lamar was a good guy. I think. Like, Agreed. I think Lamar should have been handed the shield before <laughs> shield. Walker. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because he's black, obviously, he's a sidekick and not given the the, the front row, uh, the front seat, the driver's seat here. And, uh, you know, it's I don't know. There's not much more I can add to this other than it's lack of truth. You know, it's the antithesis of what this episode. Yeah, exactly. Is. And and we but we still get walker like we're still maintaining this character which mm-hmm. again that would be on the cutting we never would have seen that other no that, that, whole, that whole scene would have been and cut, that right? scene really is this great parallel to what we've seen what we're seeing with mm-hmm. sam and his sister and what we saw with bradley it's just really great to see each of these this sort of marginalizing of this family's pain and suffering yeah 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 well let's get away from that depressing stuff for a minute and go back to um this shield toss conversation um they're, you know, they're having a catch with yeah, so they, so this weapon. When when <laughs> Bucky wakes up, he goes down into the boat and he finds Sam breaking something. I mean, essentially, yeah. they're they're working on the water pump or something, and they mm-hmm. take it out, and Sarah banishes them from the work. Which yeah, is she's like, guys, I'm t- I've told you a hundred times, this is not what the problem is. So just get out of here. 
And so they, what do they got to do? They're going to go be boys and play yeah. catch with the shield. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna throw the shield around. They've padded the trees so that they don't cut any trees down. Right, because we open with that. Can I say again, I don't understand the, the physics of this shield. No, don't try and understand the I physics I have of this to shield. just chalk it up to vibranium. Whatever they've done with this shield is, it's like a Frisbee, but it's a metal. I don't know how it works. But I'm just going to let it be. It makes a good vibranium sound. Yeah, it makes a great, and it's scary when it comes back at you. But, well, yeah. Yeah, it is terrifying when that shield is flying at you. Um, But they have this great conversation, and Sam is in full counselor mode. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, And we get this apology, too, from Bucky uh, in this moment where, you know, he's essentially saying, like I'm sorry man like I just I couldn't get your perspective but now now I get it both Steve and I did not ever think about what it might be like for a black man to be handed this shield in America and that America might not be ready for it right and what I love about that is that's exactly what uh, thousands and thousands of people didn't realize when they saw that scene at the end of the end game like right. literally I didn't, yeah 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 the it, it's just this resonant moment. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go ahead. Keep going. No, you're right. It's it, it, nobody. I didn't think about it when Sam was handed the shield at the end of Endgame. I didn't think about how America would respond because as an audience member, like we know Sam, we know his character. We know he is ready for the shield. Um, and we're foolishly hopeful yeah. because we're living in the idealized world of the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. And we want that universe to be healthier than ours. Yeah, right. And it's right? not. And it's not. It's yeah. It's just as broken. And and, and so so stories can be told. Like we have to right. deal with it because that makes the stories tellable. And you know that whole thing happened. So it was nice to get some some real motion there from from Bucky and this apology, and and un, a mutual understanding. Like they understand each other now. And uh, you know Bucky goes into his talk about you know, the winter soldier still existing within him. If he, right. You know, if he is still uh, having these nightmares, then there's a part of the winter soldier that is still inside. There's a part of the winter soldier that is still in control of his brain, of his mind. And he's trying to make these amends to get rid of the winter soldier. And Sam says this line, he says, you're not amending. You've been avenging. Right. Right. You haven't been, you haven't been fixing these problems. You've been putting the people who caused the problems for you in prison. You've been saying you're sorry, but then you've been putting them in prison like we saw with that senator right. in the beginning. It's not a, it's not an amend. It's avengement. It's, it, he's, he's getting revenge on them. He's not killing them. He's not doing that sort of, sort of work, but he's, he's punishing them for what they've done to him. There's only one guy that we've seen who needs closure on you know, in Bucky's first person perspective of killing the, the man's son that man there's no avenging that needs to be done in that situation right. it is strictly going to him and telling him what happened right and it's the hard work that sam says that you need to do that bucky hasn't done yet and he says i could do it for hundreds of people or whatever dozens whatever he says yeah. and sam's like just try just, just try one it's such a good moment mm-hmm. and i want to say this too this is one of these things i just think this show is really well crafted this episode in particular so when Bucky hops on the boat, he uh, go, the first time he hops on the boat to help, he goes and fixes a water leak, right? Uh-huh. And he yep. uses his, his his non-strong hand, his non-human hand. His human hand. Yeah. And, and 
again, we're getting this idea that the Winter Soldier's gone, that he's himself. But the line he says is, you know, sometimes I forget because I'm right-handed. Yeah. And that line is like, you want to say it's a throwaway, but it's not. It's a metaphor mm -hmm. because inside him, he is the good guy. Right. And he just and he leans that way all the time. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the vengeance. It's the other arm. It's the Winter Soldier that makes him do the other thing. Yeah. And that's how he has to clean that out. Yeah. Um, I yeah. will say the fact that they can catch their hands in those sleeves. Of them, I'm that's telling really you, amazing. there is so much risk um, at uh, your hands being just completely de destroyed. <laughs> I would be terrified to try and get my arms through those sleeves. It is it is terrifying. Uh, Steph so, keeps yes. talking. If anyone hears mumbling behind us, Steph is, is constantly Steph in this conversation, refusing She's to be near She's just not talking into the microphone. Um, so anyway, the, I thought the scene was great, and it ends with uh, the most charming part, them walking away together. Holding hands. They don't hold hands. They don't hold hands. <laughs> they walk away in separate directions, actually, I think. Well, first they walk together saying, hey, I'm going to uh, – we're not partners. Yeah, that's, right, that's, that's right. That's right. But that mutual friend is dead, so we're just guys. Right. Now we're just guys just who guys. used to have a mutual friend. And I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, so they're becoming more buddy-buddy, but they don't want to admit their their feelings. You know, they're guys. Right, it's a they're, guy They're thing, guys, right? yeah. Um, they get it. it they get each other. You know, there's a bromance. It's just not – it's just not there. Right. Out, out, outside of Aside their Aside from the fan yeah. fiction that's being written <laughs> oh, at every gosh. given moment. Aside from what you might this, read on Tumblr. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much fan fiction about these two men. It's disturbing. Uh, anyway, anyway. It's important to note, right, that Sam definitively has the shield in his hand. Something is changing here mm -hmm. about Sam and the shield. Yeah, he hold your mic up. He Josiah. is he's able oh. to to wear it's, that shield comfortably. It's not in the bag. He's only carried it in the bag, and now it's out of the bag. Well, and he's carrying it, and it feels completely normal to see him with this shield. You know, like it doesn't like feel weird. With Cap, it was like a it was an extension of his arm, and it looks like that now. Yeah, yeah. And then they walk away separately, right? Exactly. Well, and and, and we go right to this next scene here, which again is. You're, we're at we're at the boat, and we see some pictures, and and <laughs> Thanks, and, and Sam's carrying this bucket of paint, and he's about to just—they're done. The, I guess the boat works, right? At this point, we have the boat working, right? And again, it's blue, right? And I'm saying this thing about red, white, and blue uh, that's yeah. present throughout the whole series. There's this these blue images, and we're about to paint over their names with the blue and erase the history. Yep. Yep. Yes. Sam is Sam is just about to paint over his mom's name, and Sarah stops him and says, "We can't sell this boat. You know, we are, we are not selling. We're not selling this. We're 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 not erasing our history. This is this is part of who we are. It's part of the legacy, and we're gonna keep this boat. We'll figure out another way." And and Sam works out this moment, and again, it's this story that we're being told. And it, it almost is too simple here, but I feel like this is when sometimes Marvel needs to be simple for mm -hmm. its fear of audience getting lost. But yeah, this idea yeah. of, like, I went to save the big world, and I realized I needed to save the little world. And she says, you, sort of, you can save both. We're gonna, you, you never ran away from me. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I respect you. I care. Like, this beautiful moment between siblings who are also talking about the fact that the people are the world. And that's yeah. what... So, like... That's the bridge that mm -hmm. Carly needs. Right. 
that's the bridge she needs. Yeah. It's the he's in the place between destroyers and uh, oppressors. Mm-hmm. And we need to see what he's going to do with that. Yeah, and uh we feel like we have a f- almost a full arc at this point for Sam, right? At this point I feel like we we've, we've gone from realizing he's or we we've gone from him thinking he's not worthy to carry the shield to now he feels like okay, I've 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 given it up. I have sought counsel. I have g- been given a lot of advice. I've seen it go wrong. And now I think, dang, I made a mistake and I actually think I am ready. But first I need to talk to Isaiah Bradley and see what he thinks in this whole perspective. I disagree with Isaiah Bradley's stance. So let me think on my own here. And Sam comes to his own conclusion and is ready for this shield, right? The next shot is him picking this this shield up and training with it. He's made the commitment in this next scene to become Captain America. Yeah, and it's what I love about this is it he so this is so good. He becomes a super soldier. Like he but instead of doing it artificially with some chemical injected by yeah. someone, he goes out and he Oh my god. Um <laughs> I, 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 yeah. There are some shots, man, in this training this, montage. It's so good. Well, I, I I was so excited to see a training montage because you don't see that much and I and it's a kung fu thing I love. Like uh-huh. I love sure. a good kung yeah. fu training montage. And he's he's playing with the kids sometimes, but he's running and mm-hmm. he's in this gray and sometimes in this dark blue, uh, and he's trotting along and sweating, and the shield is almost taking his head off, and he's nowhere near as good as it was when he was throwing it with Bucky and right. Catch, right? <laughs> well, he's doing flips this time. Oh, he's doing all sorts of nutty stuff. Yeah. Well, he's doing he's doing flips that I, I feel like we saw Steve do. Right. I know? feel like he's doing Steve stuff, and there's the I mean, this, there's the sweat, there's um, it's like a fitness ad. It is. It's <laughs> unbelievable. And then we get this moment, and and I just I it, I literally like tears started spilling out of my eyes, and it's right here when he comes up off the shield. It's at forty seven forty one or yeah. so, it, it, and he's in he's in the Captain America uniform. Yeah, he's in the uniform. Like it's a casual, just a t-shirt. A casual uniform, right? Here, but it's yeah. like symbolic language yeah. of what the uniform is. This guy Scott McCloud is a comic artist. Says the simpler the image, hmm. the clearer it is, yeah. and that a smiley face is clearer about what it means to be an emotion than a complex face. Because well, see, you know, I wonder what the actual costume is going to be, because I could see them doing an inverted, yeah, red, white, and blue, right? Because mm-hmm. Steve was primarily blue. I could see them doing a lot of red, yep. instead, which would then go back to his Falcon costume right. in general. But and then we see him like re- he pulls that yeah. up and then he's like with the shield and he knows he can he's do like, it. He's like, I caught it. And it's just such a great sequence. Um, well, the editing is so strong in this scene. It it's just, I mean, this episode is so much better than the rest of the series, and that's not saying the rest are bad, but it's just really strong. And it it the the use of music, which is reminiscent of every Captain America moment that there is. But he's building himself, right? Mm-hmm. He's not being built by others. It is his effort that is making him who it is. He's not Steve. He's Sam, right? Yeah. And there's that moment where the kid traces the shield after he's caught it, and we know that the decision's made. Like, it, we, we really know where we are in this story. Man, yeah, yeah. So we've seen the full arc of Sam 
essentially happened. N- and now yeah, we're going to see that what that means, right? Now yeah, we get to see now it. he'll fulfill that, right? He, right. And now we see fulfillment, right? We, and th- that's how we get our satisfaction. Although, exactly. I got to tell you, man, I I am absolutely. We're going to pause here. I absolutely was. F- I was like tears are running down my face because <laughs> this, like, and Josiah, like for me, this story of Captain America is like so important as for me as a growing kid, right? So like. Mm-hmm. There are comics I read seriously. Captain America's an, an, and and the Falcon in particular were important parts of my youth. Mm-hmm. And the Captain America journey of his disagreement with governmental positions, his right. independence from that, and his idealism is something that I have lived with in the same way that I idealize concepts from you know Japanese monster movies. Sure, like there's yeah. this, the, the things that influenced me as a kid, and the and seeing Sam and this story embrace that as opposed to embrace the cheap adventurism of CGI right. is really exciting. Yeah. 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 It was a great scene. I'm excited to see what they do with Sam next. Uh, let's pop over to the flag smashers here. Um, we, yeah. And before we get into this, we need this to scene, do that. We need to do a right? quick thing. We skipped quick thing with Sharon. Uh, there's a phone call that comes into Sharon. We hear a guy speaking French. We don't know who it is, but she says, I'll pay you double this time, right? Implying that she's paid him before, okay? Right. And we then are seeing Batrock the Leaper walk up to the Flag Smashers in New York City, giving them some kind of briefcase with something in it. And we have, I ha- at least I did, I'm like, okay. So Sharon was talking to Batrock on the phone She's offering him to uh, double this time. So did she, was she the one who commissioned him in the first episode right. to do whatever he was doing to kidnap that guy? Is she now the power broker? Are we now or confirming is she the power that? Broker? I'm going to be honest. I hope she's not the power broker. I agree. Um, I think that feels a little too cheap. Uh, but it, it, but it feels it felt, like that. It could be red herring it, but it felt yeah. pretty clear. Yeah. It's it's so hard because I think if there is a different power broker, like we haven't seen them yet. Right, exactly. And introducing them now feels I don't know. They either need to not appear in this series or it uh, needs to be Sharon in a way. Or or it needs to be teased for later. Right, exactly. Right. Like it needs to they need to appear and get away. Or they need to appear and and be un, completely unresolved so that we can deal with them later. Like there could be a bigger arc with Power Broker right. in a different series or in a different. And I mean, we talk about this setting mm-hmm, up future yeah. things, right? Right, exactly. I mean, heck, the Power Broker could also be the GRC. It could be the guy no, right. who who fired um, Walker. Right. Good point. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, this Power Broker might not be an individual. It could be a a, a bunch of individuals, uh, a collection of people um, who are trying to gain power. I mean, there's a. I mean, also this whole. GRC thing is very like Doctor Strange love, by the way. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> but the GRC, the, the I'm I, again, I'm not going to belabor the point, but I think that there's symbolic language in the <laughs> yeah. letters. But um, the, you know, you we talk about Bartok and Power Broker and who that may be, mm-hmm. and if it's a setup for the future, and I and I think that we either need to not get an answer to that or get it in this next episode. Yeah. But but I do think in this moment that we're now in New York. I'm pretty sure that Sam's friend who he needs to, the the guy he needs to work things out with is in New York. 
He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he's so in like I'm not Sam's. I'm sorry, Bucky's. Bucky's guy. Bucky's yes, guy. Yes, Bucky's guy's in right. New York. The uh, the Asian guy. The Asian guy. I don't yeah. remember his name. I don't either. Uh, and but that's now we know every like everything is aimed in the right place. Yeah, New York. No one needs to take an airplane. <laughs> right. My, well, right. Great. Sam will probably fly, and on the wings. And when Sam gets there, maybe. everyone we need to be there is there. Right. That's what my feeling is. Right. And uh, it's just going to there's gonna be a nice little bow, I think, at the right. end. Uh, it's yeah. going to tie up nicely. But, yes, uh, you know, the last thing I need to say about Carly and her followers is that she has the tight-knit group. But then she also shows Batrock that she has this extended group, that they are everywhere. Right. And she pings something on her phone, and it goes to all of the people who are in the park with them. Like, two dozen people get this ping. They stand up, and they start walking. And you realize that, okay, her network is actually huge. And we've seen that tease early on in the first episode when uh-huh. when she, when she they all put the masks on right. to, to hide her, when she's right. in the Flag Smasher. And she's using the internet, right? She's right. using social media to mm-hmm. to gather her group, yep. her followers. And, uh, yeah, it's it, her, her reach is large and broad. So I think, I mean, I think some of those people – I don't know. Obviously, not the people in the park, but she's obviously reaching people who are in uh, positions in the government, positions in uh, you know security and police, wherever. Her reach, like I said, is vast. And uh, we get this scene in the GRC where they're they're discussing the oh. vote on if they should send these refugees back to the countries that they belong in, or or they came from. Sorry, not that they belong there, but that they came right. from there. And they're deciding whether they should send them back or not. And all of a sudden, this guy wearing an earpiece, very Hydra-like, comes up to the other guy and says, uh, uh, one, "One world, world one people." Right? Uh, Hail Hydra, essentially, except the opposite of what Hydra right, represents. Exactly. Right? Like the language, the, the, the phrase he's saying is a very good phrase. <laughs> it is it, a very good it's phrase. It's just like it's. It just feels so dirty the way they're using this, especially because the the GRC are planning to like use soldiers to just forcibly move people right. places. Like right. it's so wrong. What did, do you know? I, look, I, do you know what Batrock brought them in the briefcase? I don't, I don't know what that is. I think, I think we're going to, we'll find out. Yeah. I, yeah, but I do not know what it is. I don't know. Um, I it, thought it was serum at first, but I was like, no, all the serum's gone. And I was like, is it his leaper thing? Like, I just don't, I don't know. I, don't know. I just don't know what, we'll it, see. what I mean, it was. We got, I think it's, I think the beginning of the next episode you think it's a weapon? is like all a... reveal. I just think it's going to be like reveal, 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 right. reveal in episode six. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to get a lot of that. Yeah, um, I, th- I think so. Um, so yeah, GRC meeting, they interrupt the meeting, they stop the meeting, blah, blah, blah. That's that we don't get any sort of information on what happens after they interrupt that meeting because nope. it cuts back to Sam realizing he needs to get to New York. Uh, he realizes what's going on there uh, because Torres gives him a call, right. right? And he says, hey, these are all of the the pings that uh, that Carly has sent out, and they've all happened in these places, and they've all happened before an attack. And the most, and the recent, most recent one, guess where that is? It's in New York. So he's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to go to New York. So he finally opens this really high-tech-looking box that uh, Bucky brought him, and – and again, red and blue. Red, and red blue. button, presses his finger on it, turns blue. Yep. And he opens it, and we do not get any sort of reveal as to what We're is not, inside. But Why would we? But we do get this moment of really lovely, subtle acting mm-hmm. um, where you know Sam takes this breath 
as if whatever's inside carries weight and meaning. Yeah. Which means I can't wait to see what it is. Yeah. Of the things I don't want to see is a trailer for next week. Right. Right. I, I, I want to be I want this to be revealed to me in the way that spoilers ahead for Endgame, Captain America gets to say Avengers Assemble. Yeah. Yeah. Or catches the hammer. Or catches the right. hammer. Right. Like all of the or or all of them coming out of the circles, I, right? Right, like, right. Portals, the, the right? Portals. The portals moment. Yeah. I don't need right. I don't. I need that moment to be as pure as it can be on the screen it's, for me. It's whatever the, it is. It's the landing, right? Like you need him to to stick the landing, all, literally and in the show mm-hmm. of where he's where we've been building to. You almost need him this superhero landing moment to happen where he's got the wings and he's in full cap gear. With the shield, right? Yep. I, you know what I think? Here's what I, here's how I think the sequence okay, is going to go down. Go ahead. All this right, this is great. We're going to see Bucky in need of help, or somebody in need of help, at least. We're going to see a shield fly out of nowhere. All right, the shield's going to pop him right in the side, wherever it is. Save that person. It's going to fly back. Sam's going to catch it and slam into the ground. And we're going to see the reveal of Sam as, as Cap, right? With the shield, the hero shot, the wings are uh, detracting maybe into into his suit. But then we'll see Red Wing pop out too, I think, at the uh, so, at the same moment. Okay. At, so, at some point in that moment, I think we'll see Red Wing pop out. Okay. All right. We'll okay. See, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That bet. is, that is right. my thought. That's good. That's my sequence. Um, I, I just think we're going to see people coming together, and it's great. And we have it's gonna this. It's going to be a good time. We have this post-credit sequence, and if you have not watched the post-credit sequence of this particular episode, pause now. Yes. You have like two. I'll count five, four, three, two, one. Okay, we're going in the post-credits. If you, if it's your fault. Because um, uh, we have another person who's building his own shield. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about like great metaphorical imagery uh-huh. again, like this guy making a really awful, messed up, busted yeah. at shield with his yeah. metal, you know, welded well, into yeah. it. Um, I don't know if he's thought about the aerodynamics of the shield at all. I, I really have to wonder what's going to happen when he throws this thing for the first time. And it doesn't come back the same way. But it's going to have to do something because visually it won't be interesting if it I just flops. I do not flops. think Walker's an engineer in any way. No, I agree. But it's like if you throw a paper airplane and it just hits the ground, <laughs> it's not going to – there's no dynamism to that. So, like, they're going to need it yeah. to, like, at least do one well, thing. It does not look – well, that's that's it's not vibranium, That's right? the thing. Here's the thing. Walker Walker does not fight with the shield in terms of throwing. He does not throw the shield. No, you're right. And Good if he point. does, he only throws it close range to hit somebody with right. it. It's never for it to come back. Steve uses it as an actual shield. Walker uses it as a blunt object right to just bludgeon people to death with which is again like, a metaphor about what the flag means, this is right? what his thing is so his shield is going to be more of a of a club of a battering ram than it is an actual defensive tool um but it's it's going to be beefy and thick I think. but that final fight is i mean it's it could be everybody right flag smasher uh-huh. bucky well and who's who's fighting who yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, you know, we have U.S. agent in the middle of it. We have um, whatever Sam is visibly present as. We, you know, we have all of these people. Sort of, we have Bartok. Like everyone is going to be in this location. Oh, good lord! This, yeah, this, this is it, a lot of fighting. And, and my hope is that it doesn't turn into 
digitized fighting and we lose everything right yeah Yeah. because we've had all these beautiful scenes i hope we can maintain that yeah that level of drama yeah what we don't need is a 20 minute fight scene and right when we have what whatever length the episode is yeah but we we're on our way like where do they start this next bit the lights have gone out in the grc Mm -hmm. um i mean it really feels like carly's motivation here is to just end the grc Right. Right. It feels like there could be public execution sort of thing. It feels like she's ready to take it that far. And I think that's where we're going to start is in the GRC. In the hostage. In the the hostage hostage situation. We're going to see a hostage situation. We're going to see people respond to it. We're all going to wonder, hey, why is Spider-Man not stepping in to help? Because he's probably in New York and he's probably off fighting someone else. Maybe he's in. Actually, this doesn't take place until this is like two months before uh, Spider-Man 2. But right. still, we'll all wonder where yeah, are all yeah, the other New York superheroes. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for the next episode. I'm excited to see how it wraps up. And uh, yeah, the show has been good. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can see the COVID damage done to this show. So like mm-hmm. there is a sense that there are storylines or plot lines or pieces of this. And there are places in the series where we haven't had completely successful narrative experiences over the yeah. uh, over an individual episode. Yeah. But the payoff of this episode is so strong. And the the strength of the metaphor, the overarching symbolic language and the strength of the storytelling, like both visual and yeah uh through the dialogue and the scenes is so strong um it's really it's really pays off yeah that's good cool anything else you want to add you want to close it out uh yeah we've been talking forever it's been this is one of the longest episodes this is an hour and 28 minutes right now yeah i figured it was going to be long i wrote one thing down on my notes that we skipped Mm. and i just need to see if it's still there yes so Isaiah said something about returning soldiers that I just want to stress mm. as one last final note. Isaiah said, soldiers went off to war and when they came back, they were treated badly, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what happens to soldiers, which is what happened to Walker. And Walker's bitterness mm-hmm. echoes Isaiah's bitterness. Yeah. And there is something, there is a lot of conversation. The conversation here is very rich and deep. This is a right. series. There's a lot of parallels. About. Yep. Yep, and There's that's a lot of good, parallels. well-crafted material. So I just want—I wrote that down before, and I just wanted to mention it. Otherwise, I have nothing else to say. Great. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. Uh, we are gonna wrap this up next next week, next Friday. We'll be watching the last episode, and we'll have an episode out. I don't even know what I'm saying. What do you? How do you want to close this damn thing? I, I think what we want to do is say yes. We'll have an episode on the last episode, <laughs> and we're hoping we'll be able to, you know, maybe a, in the future do a big wrap up thing with a, a guest uh, on the show. Oh, yeah, or sort of working yeah. that out. We'll see. But uh, we also are doing films as we always do. So on the same feed as you could be listening to this, you can be listening to our conversations about. Uh, we're going to be talking about Mank. What was to talking about? Promising, Promising young, young woman. Woman's coming up. Um, and uh, what can they listen to? To, uh, they uh, Talk, sound of metal. metal, Godzilla vs. Kong. Maybe we have, I mean, we have probably I think we're on this is episode 61, right? We have a lot of discussion about film from the last two years, 
um, primarily. And so, you know, you want to continue to have a conversation with us. This is the way we do it. And uh, we hope that you'll, you'll join us for some of those. And, uh, you know, that's it. Yeah, yeah we'll, so be, much. we'll be covering Loki as well once uh, Loki uh, releases it. Yeah, uh, we're just going to sit with these and do it. June, yeah. So we'll, be, we'll just be talking about Marvel because we love Marvel and what they're doing. And it's, it's a fun conversation to have. So please subscribe. Please share with a friend who might like this uh, podcast as well. And uh, hopefully um, you'll join us for our next episode. Right. RackingFocusPodcast.com or uh, just find us by searching in any of the podcasting applications. Yeah. All right. All the links are below in the yeah. description. Oh, that's right. Description too. Yeah, there's all the links. But they'd have to find. Never mind. I don't, I don't know. know. All right, whatever. Whatever. We'll see you later, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.